Hey, what up, Long Beach? We are well into 2022, and we're talking about a lot of volleyball on this episode of the LB Fee Show, the only podcast about everything Long Beach State Athletics. As always, this show is hosted by the 562.org, which is myself, JJ Fiddler. I'm Michael Navasio, and uh, we will be joined by our very special guest this week, Tyler Hildebrand, the brand newly minted women's volleyball coach here at Long Beach State. Very excited to talk about all of the thrilling things going on with women's volleyball. Uh, but before we bring Tyler on, we've got to bring on the man, the myth, Andy Fee, Director of Athletics at Long Beach State. Andy, how you doing? I'm doing great. Always uh, glad to spend time with both of you. You've been a busy man for the last few days, Andy, getting out to a little bit of everything. So we'll jump right into it. We're going to be talking about men's volleyball, obviously women's volleyball with Coach Hildebrand. We're going to be talking about women's basketball and the new lights at Bull Diamond at Blair Field. But first things first, we do have breaking news here on the LB Fee Show. Unfortunately, the COVID-19 situation continues to change the way we play sports here in Long Beach. There is now limited seating at Walter Pyramid to 1,000 people per game for about the next two weeks. That's obviously a handed down situation, not something the university is wanting to do, but having to do. There are a few different changes that are coming with that. Mask requirements obviously continuing, but cloth masks, bandanas, uh, neckerchiefs, anything else that you're putting around your face, not permitted. Now, the athletic department will provide those masks at Walter Pyramid for obviously season ticket holders, passless people, students getting a priority on those tickets to meet that 1000 limit. There will be concessions inside, but they're going to be designated eating and drinking areas. So everything's changing yet again at the mid. Andy, how are you guys dealing with this? Do you see it becoming a problem further upon two weeks where hopefully we're closing the door on COVID, no pun intended? Yeah, I, I think, unfortunately, we, we are going into this space, but I do think the trend, if you look at the medical stuff, is going towards the positive. Obviously, we've got to get there, but um, I really do believe that this will be a short uh, pause a little bit. And, you know, I, I still feel good, you know, even at a thousand people, that's a lot more than what other local institutions like UCLA and SC were allowed. So even, even in a time where we're not getting exactly what we want, we're still getting um, what we feel is, is better than most. So I can't, while I want to complain, um, you know, uh, what we learn in COVID is there's things we don't like that we have to deal with. And unfortunately, I think in the short term, this will be one of those, uh, things that unfortunately is right back at us. But in two weeks time, I think we're going to be going the right direction and those restrictions will go away. I've become, uh, you know, the COVID world has been unfortunately weirdly well suited to sports writers because I am a kind of a stat obsessed person, as JJ can tell you, uh, from being on podcasts with me going back to when we were students uh, at Long Beach Old State. Oh, Mike Statabasio. Uh, but uh, yes, I can tell you, uh, Andy, that the, the rolling average uh, for positivity and total cases in LA County has been in decline the last three days. So that's got a lot of the local health, uh, public health experts hoping that we are kind of already over the peak. Um, and certainly we're hoping that. I know everyone at Long Beach State is as well. So fingers crossed, we're looking at two weeks from Thursday, February 3rd would be when these new regulations expire. And uh, we're, we're certainly hoping that there won't be additional uh, restrictions put on at that point. Yeah, the, fir the first thing you think about is men's volleyball. Men's volleyball can pull the crowd a little bit. So hopefully uh, that doesn't affect that going into February, but they just started their season, just got underway. Mike was there covering them this weekend. Andy, you were there as well. Looking good 
is an understatement for this squad right now, guys. Yeah, I mean, I'm really excited. Uh, depth, I think there's a lot of depth. It's still early, but I think all signs point to, again, you know, we can't control health necessarily around injuries, but if this is a, a healthy team and avoids injuries, it could be a very dangerous team when it comes to, uh, to late May. That's for sure. Andy, is it, you're being like 10% Alan Knight right now and hedging the things you're saying. I am going to be 100% sports writer, hype man. Um, I think this is the best team in the country. I cannot wait for Hawaii to be in the Walter pyramid later this season. Um, I think Alex Nikoloff as a freshman is the best freshman that I have seen at Long Beach State probably in any sport since TJ DeFalco. Um, and as I was trying to explain to JJ, I'll tell you, I was blowing up our group chat on, on uh, Saturday night after watching him for the first time. This guy serves like TJ and uh, Josh and Kyle were serving as seniors. He has a 74 to 76 mile an hour serve with movement that he is locating accurately. He had four aces in his first college match. I believe he had another two last night against Erskine. Uh, he is just, I mean, he touches 11 feet. He's six foot eight. <laughs> it's like, it's all upside. Uh, and I'm with Andy, you know, if they stay healthy, absolutely. Uh, I think this is going to be a team that makes a lot of noise. I'm very, very excited to see uh, what, what the next couple of weeks bring for them. Their next home matches are against Ohio state and Penn state, Penn state uh, ranked number three in the country right now. Long Beach state currently ranked number five. So definitely uh, those matches will fall. Uh, in that uh, window for those additional restrictions. And I know that they already have a lot of men's volleyball season ticket holders. So if you're not already following 562 Sports on Twitter and everywhere else, uh, we will have full coverage of those matches and, and be sure to get ready for those. I can't wait. That 73 mile an hour serve looked like it would be hard to hit with a baseball bat, let alone pass it to somebody. Yeah, and you got to move your feet too, as, as Alan always likes to point out. You know what I mean? Like there's not a batter's box. It's just... <laughs> <laughs> like you have to run to it and pass it to someone. It's unbelievable. Yeah, very excited for that squad, obviously. Hope that Penn State and Ohio State can travel. You know what I mean? I, I guess we have to start saying scheduled to play a little bit more with that stuff. And Andy, you had to deal with that with that team before the season. They were supposed to travel for their first games, but instead those got canceled because of COVID-19 protocol within the program. Can you walk us through that process how do you find out that somebody has tested positive? And then what do you do with that information? Are you going to the coach first? And what's it like to tell the team that? Well, you know, I have to say, unfortunately, in the world of COVID, when I see Jared Spanger, who is our head athletic trainer, his phone number comes up on my, my iPhone. I am usually fretting that uh, it's going to be bad news because I love Jared and I love to talk to him. But in this world, it's usually him calling me to say, hey, we've got a positive. So I'll get informed of the positive. Uh, at that point, he's probably communicated to the head coach. And then it's really the, the, the three of us sitting there going, okay, well, what is this? Is it one? Is it two? Is it three? It's three positives, which is what men's volleyball faced to, to begin the, the year. Then that's kind of a, a temporary pause, meaning a the CDC, as tough as I had to understand this, an outbreak is considered three or more. So if it's three or more, then we have that temporary pause where now we go into, it's kind of more of a five-day quiet period. And then on the sixth day, coming out with restricted activity where they can work in small groups. But yeah, it's a bummer when you have to look at a team and say, hey, you know, three of your teammates have tested positive. They're going into isolation. And the rest of you have to take that pause. And in this world, it's, you know, it's the worst, one of the worst things that a student athlete, I feel that they feel that they can hear 
And it's really disappointing, especially ne it's never fun, but to, at the start of the year, when there's so much anticipation and excitement, you know, ranked fourth in the country to say, hey, we're going to have to wait a little bit. But credit to our student athletes and coaches, uh, they took it in stride. Uh, you know, I didn't get a lot of, you know, the, 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 the eye rolling or the you know, why me kind of thing. It was more like, hey, we're going to get through it. But, you know, thankfully, we've got a great head trainer and staff, great medical people on campus, and uh, we've gotten through it. And uh, men's volleyball hopefully keeps it rolling. A couple ships passing in the night, I guess. Men's volleyball diddling with that. And then women's basketball and men's basketball coming back onto the court after almost a, uh, actually more than a month combined of, of not being able to play a massive week for men's basketball, showing off their defensive prowess in beating UC Santa Barbara and Cal State Northridge. Big shouts to Abubakar Traore, who came to Long Beach State as a perimeter player, but because of some injuries, Munson was like, well, he plays hard. We, we might as well put him in the paint, see what happens. Earlier this season, he had a 20 rebound game. He scored 17 points, game high 17 against CSUN. And then he had like, I, I think it was like seven rebounds in the first four minutes of that CSUN game. And just talk about setting the tone in the paint, man. He was absolutely everywhere. And uh, the, the type of kid who can change a team, and it's really shown how much he's changed this men's basketball team. Uh, they looked ready to hang with anybody on Saturday against CSUN. And you got to win with defense, Andy. That, that's been the Big West recipe for success for so long. Yeah, and when you get back-to-back sub-60 games, that, that really tells you that your team is really dialed in defensively. That is one of the most difficult things to do. People always talk about scoring 100 points, but really keeping anybody under uh, 60 points is pretty remarkable. So credit to, to the staff and the players, unreal effort over the last two games. Also, big shouts to Maddie Udi, who once again won the Big West Player of the Week award after averaging a double-double with 19 points and 10 rebounds per game in games against UC Santa Barbara and CSUN on the road. They beat the Gauchos, but unfortunately lost to the Matadors 64-50 on Saturday. So Long Beach State still sitting there pretty in the Big West with a 3-1 and one conference record, 10-2 overall. We already mentioned men's volleyball for all of the coverage of all of that stuff, you got to get to the 562.org where you can also find a story about the new lights at Bull Diamond at Blair Field. Andy, long time coming. They are absolutely beautiful. But the first thing I noticed, I was actually covering a high school soccer match at Wilson High School across the street from Bull Diamond at Blair Field. The first thing I noticed is that these lights aren't regular. You're going to notice the difference. First of all, I saw a video of Eric Valenzuela touching an iPad and like three seconds later, the lights were on. If anybody knows the uh, light, well, light flip switches in the, in the press box, you know how incredible that is. And, and um, you, you also didn't hear the boom. Yeah, exactly. For about five minutes before they came on. <laughs> and, uh, and, and also they have these like hoods above each light so that the light actually shoots down onto the field it looks like an umbrella almost from like from across the street. Like I said, at Wilson, it, it looks like it's just shooting right down to the point where you can't see the light from there because the light is literally pointing at the warning track or at second base or whatever. They look absolutely beautiful. You guys must be thrilled. Yeah, it's it's unreal. When I, I, I laugh and I sit there, I almost go, how were we playing night games before? It, the lights and the quality are that good. So I, I just I'm really looking forward to February 25th 
open up against Sac State. And uh, just so thankful for Maryland Bowl and the university's commitment to, to improving this facility. And again, the, the technology, you know, everything is state of the art. And I think fans are going to be blown away by how cool it is, the dancing lights, you know, for introductions and home runs. Uh, it really is something to see. That is incredible. And as we always say with Bull Diamond at Blair Field, any improvement to it is an improvement to the entire Long Beach baseball community. When Mike and I are there covering high school baseball games, we will also be able to enjoy uh, the new technology. That season for the Dirtbags, just around the corner, they got into another top 25 ranking this week. So very excited for that as well. Yeah, I, you know, I was talking to, to, to Coach uh, earlier this morning, and, uh, you know, it really says something about where this, this program is going, the direction, the positive things, the facility, the rankings, the, the players that we have, the community buying into it. I am, uh, I'm really excited, and, you know, I'm actually going to be taping a, a baseball season ticket holder video here a little bit later today, and, um, you know, again, um, Coach Valenzuela, his staff, they are doing an unbelievable job. Absolutely. Uh, always excited for baseball season here in Long Beach uh, and uh, just kind of excited for the concept of spring generally with all the stuff we were just talking about with uh, the regulations. You know, I think we get into February. I think we're going to you're going to see a lot of smiles around the sports world in Long Beach. Uh, Andy, thanks for uh, thanks for joining us. We'll be back with you in a couple minutes. But first, we are going to get to our interview with newly minted Long Beach State women's volleyball head coach, Tyler Hildebrand. All right, very excited to welcome on our special guest for this episode, uh, Tyler Hildebrand, a Long Beach State alum, a, a, a national, uh, a big part of building that national championship men's volleyball program uh, and newly returned to us from Nebraska. Uh, coach, thanks for joining us. And uh, how, how's, the, how's the move going? You mentioned you guys are in transit right now. Yeah, the move's going great. It's almost done. We just have to, uh, I guess our moving truck is getting in this afternoon. So we'll, we'll dump a few things in tonight and then uh, tomorrow morning, probably finish it up. And uh, right now we're at the Hyatt Regency right down there in Huntington on the water. So things are, things are, things are good. Um, what, can, can I just ask a question on behalf of your family? Is it like a big pain in the butt, like moving back and forth? Or is, does your family look at you like, ah, or are they just excited since this one is, you know, it feels like probably a permanent move. Like how, how, how are they with having to go back and forth? Ooh, tough question. I'm not sure my wife is going to, is going to listen to this or not. So <laughs> uh, for me, for me, it hasn't been a big deal because, you know, I'm just, I'm going from one job to the next, which has obviously been a few, you know, lately here. And so I'm like working, working, working. So the burden has certainly been a little bit heavier on my wife. And she, uh, usually when the new job comes up, it takes us about two weeks just to get through the, are we actually gonna move again? <laughs> uh, torture on her end before we even start talking about the job. So, right. but she's a, she's a stud. I mean, she, she handles so much of it. And, uh, you know, I try to do what I can because I'm working, you know, she, uh, the difference in this one is she runs a full-time, she runs her own business, interior design. She's crushing it. So this one was, was exceptionally hard compared to some of the others. So yeah, it's, it's, she's like, Hey, this is the last one. We're not moving again. <laughs> so I'm like, well, 
So I just got to not get fired and we're good to go. <laughs> right. I, yeah. Let, let's maybe uh, I'll, I'll go back and mute that. So Andy P doesn't hear that for leverage and future negotiations. You yeah, know? Yeah, yeah. You're, you're in a bit of a, st- a standoff there. You're not allowed to leave. So. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, we're not, this one, this one's obviously a little different. Um, you know, I think a lot of times people think, Oh, you know, like, like the typical American dream nine to five, you get in your job, you work your way up. Obviously, coaching can be different, and as an assistant or associate head, you might be really happy where you're at, which I have been everywhere I've been at, but, you know, you keep kind of moving up the ladder, and then uh, obviously this being a head coaching job, being home, coming back to Long Beach, this really does for the first time feel like there's absolutely no plans to ever leave, and um, obviously, as you said, that might be up to Andy, (laughs) but uh, (laughs) but we – my, my wife told me, we're done. We're not moving again. Don't blow it. You know, t- turn it around, be successful. But if we move, you're doing all the move. <laughs> <laughs> you know, usually I don't like talking too much about myself when we're doing these interviews, but I have to, I have to say this. I was a junior at Long Beach State just starting the sports section at the Union Weekly newspaper on campus. Tyler, you were leading the men's volleyball program to the Final Four that year. And, the, and I wrote an article about you, went in and did the feature interview and everything. And that was the first article I ever got paid for. Bought by the Grunin oh, newspaper. Is to, that true? To this day, still working at the Grunin Gazette. So yeah, you, you really set the tone there. But Money were, man Hildebrand. You I were love so it. Nice. You were so nice during the interview. You had such good quotes, man. You like really helped me. Like you just, you were just really, really great, man. So first of all, I just want to say thank you for that. Because uh, you probably don't remember it, but. Yeah. <laughs> Well, was that when I was a player or as a coach? No, player. Yeah, it was your senior year. I was a junior. Got it. Yeah, well, you know, it's funny you brought, first of all, yeah, I guess you're welcome for whatever I did. But, uh, (laughs) uh, you know, it's funny. um, This was obviously a hard decision. Um, It it came out of nowhere. You know, we had no idea. Actually, when I got the text, I was in at Nebraska in practice. You know, we're mid-season or late-season Big Ten. And one of our, our grad managers was Remy Perret, and he, he had worked with Joey and Matt, you know, at Long Beach. And anyway, so he's always talking about Long Beach, this and that. And you know, he sends, he shows me his phone, you know, right at the beginning of practice. And it said something like, hey, uh, Long Beach coaches are out. And I'm going, well, I, I, I thought that was Alan, you know, because like, why would, you know, I didn't, I didn't know. Just to me, naturally, I was like, oh, shoot, you know, obviously my history with them. So, yeah. Um, so it kind of came out of nowhere. Um, and then, you know, after the next, next couple of days, started figuring some things out, whatever. Um, and so, you know, this was a, a very difficult thing to be going on in the middle of our season. Obviously, to be honest, we weren't necessarily expecting to go to the fifth set of the national championship game in Nebraska. Not that we didn't think we were capable of that, but I don't think anyone in the volleyball world thought that we would have any business being there. Yeah. Uh, we probably didn't, but the girls were just, it was an incredible run and they played their best volleyball those last two weeks. It was pretty amazing to be a part of and we're really proud of them. But the point is, is that it was hard because we, we were working on a lot of things. This wasn't really on our radar, but to your point here, JJ, what I'm trying to land the ship here on is there's been a lot of weird destiny or fate or universe things. And, you know, that one just kind of falls into it. Like that's ironic, right? I, your first paid interview was with me and now I'm coming back and now we're doing, this is kind of my first zoom, you know, deal about press. I've, I've done a couple with you guys already, but so there's just been a lot of those things that 
make us feel like this is kind of meant to be and and this is where we should be and uh, that's just adding to that list right there jj so i love that Tyler, I know um, I've talked with you and I've talked with Andy and, and Alan some about, you know, one of the number, one of the things at the top of your list is kind of reconnecting with the alums, the obviously just un, unparalleled group of alums out of the women's volleyball program at Long Beach State. Um, you've been doing some of that. You've started putting the coaching staff together. Um, what all can you talk about in terms of, uh, you know, what, what fans can look forward to and, and uh, what you guys have going on so far? So, uh, yeah, being an alum myself, um, a lot of my mentors or friends, a lot of, I kind of have an old soul. So I, I like history. I like the history of programs. I'm kind of an old soul. So I, I was always very involved with Mike D'Alessandro and Rocky Sorelli and Tom Pestalacy and Brent Hilliard and Brent Winslow and Brett Schroeder and my life. I mean, you, I could talk for days on, you know, the, the alums that I got um introduced to and I went on to play you know USA volleyball tournaments with a lot of those guys and coached with a lot of those guys and it just it was something that I was so fortunate that Alan was so good at doing with our men's program obviously a rich history of not just alums in general but very successful alums lots of Olympians Tom Hoff, Bola, David Lee so so that's something that was kind of innate anyway. I would be trying to do this wherever I was coaching. Uh, Nebraska did a great job of it, um, cultivating that alumni. The way, I, the way I see that is, you know, you always want to make your experience for your, your team, your staff, your, your fans, you want to make it bigger than just volleyball or bigger than just being a student. And so bringing in our alum on the women's side, and our plan with Al, and Nick and myself and even Mike at the Beast program is to try to get all of our alums together, which really hasn't happened yet. And that, I think between Alan and I and Mike and Nick, you know, we just know everybody and know all the girls, know all the guys. We want them to feel that. And some of my best girlfriends to this day are girls that played on the women's team when I played there. And so I feel like our alumni share that. So we really want that to be a part one, we want it to be fun for our alum. Two, we want them to be proud of what we're doing and connected to our program. But ultimately, it comes down to the student-athlete experience. And what I felt as a player at Long Beach, I think our girls deserve that. I mean, you got Misty, Taiba, Tara Cross, Daniel Scott, Cheryl Weaver, Brittany. I mean, I could go down the list there, too. And they are wonderful women, wonderful role models. They were unbelievable players. A lot of them stayed in volleyball. A lot of them have been successful in life as mothers, as family members, as professionals. So we want it to be full circle. We want them to, 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 to be able to connect with people that walked in their shoes. We want them to be resources for their professional life, either volleyball or professional outside of volleyball. And we really owe that to them. And so it's a, there's a fun element to that. There's a respect, a legacy and honor to that, but it makes it bigger than just volleyball to come. That'll help us in recruiting. But at the end of the day, we want girls five, ten years after they leave to be like, how I feel. Man, that was really special. I mean, I could call Brett Schroeder and Matt Lyles and Mike D'Alessandro anytime, and they would do anything for me. And that's something that we want our girls to experience. Um, and, and if you combine the men and the women, we have the best alumni in the nation. By far. If, you, if, you separate, if you separate it, it's just comparable. The men are comparable to a lot of the other men's programs, UCLA, you know, Penn State, whatever. But, and the women are comparable a lot. But if you combine them, 
Nobody has that combination, and Beach included. Obviously, with Brittany Hochover and Misty May and a, a lot of other um, Long Beach alums that have played really, really high-level beach. So we, we have an advantage there um, that we just feel like it's our duty to share that. You've obviously hit the ground running in terms of recruiting and stuff like that. And you can't talk about individuals, but talk a little bit about your uh, approach to that. Are you looking for young student athletes who are going to fit what you're talking about, like that Long Beach volleyball family, or are you just looking for top talent? Uh, good question. I, I would say, I mean, I was just talking to my dad. I dropped him off the airport and I was kind of explaining like coaching is, Coaching is an interesting professional head coach profession. Head coaching is even more interesting. I mean, it's just so broad. You're not just coaching. You're not just volleyball. You're running a company. You're running a business. You're you're dealing in sports psychology and behavior psychology. I mean, it's so broad that I guess kind of to answer that question directly, recruiting would be the same thing. You know, it's not one thing or the other. We're not trying. We don't have a. This is exactly what we're looking for, and I think if you do things right. You got both. If somebody fits that Long Beach mold, maybe they're a local kid and they've always dreamed of being playing in the pyramid or being by the beach or they want California, then that's great, right? They kind of fit what we probably offer out of the gate. But we've had a couple of kids commit recently that don't have any of those things. So our job is to then nurture that and provide that for them and uh, convert them, you know, to that. And uh, I, mean, I was an Arizona kid. I didn't know anything. I was just happy anyone was recruiting me because I, I wasn't even on the top 50 list. Nobody knew who I was. And, um, you know, I got lucky and then look where I'm at now. I mean, my heart, my life is Long Beach State and it always has been. And so I think you can convert kids to that. And the only way you do that is by, you know, basically everything I just said, showing them a great experience and, and winning and, and exposing them to what a wonderful place it is to play at Long Beach State. Um, and I think I can sell that. I think, I know Nick can sell that. We can sell that because we, we did it. So, we, you know, we can speak from experience and that's, so I guess JJ answer is it's both, you know, we're looking for both and it's broad, but we certainly, I think we have, you know, we can strike while the iron's hot right now. Obviously I was just in the national championship game. When I'm talking to these kids, they kind of see me as that. As a, as a coach of the national championship game, we want to try to get some great talent in right now. Um, and then we want to play great next year and the next following year so we can continue to build. And uh, recruiting is certainly, we think recruiting is 365 days a year. I certainly have been recruiting every day since December 20th, every day, including Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. So we want to bring in some talent and we want to, we want to, we want to, we want to try to, we want, we want to win and we want to give them a great experience. So. What, what's the, what's the Christmas day call like coach? What's the way is, is there, are we sticking to strictly text messages or, or what, what's the, what's the approach on December 25th recruiting? I have to know that. Well, as JJ said, because this is all verbal right now, you know, I yes. can't speak specifically about girls, but I had, a, I had a call with two of our girls, uh, one of them on Christmas Eve, one of them on Christmas day, the Christmas day one, there was already a commit. So that was more just what she needed to get done. The Christmas Eve one was uh, that was a, that was a recruit call. So we were uh, we were talking. I mean, you know, with the transfer portal, it's it's uh, you don't have a lot of time. You know, it, you gotta, it's three hundred sixty-five uh, days a year is an understatement with the transfer portal, is what many coaches yeah. have told me 
right? It's it's really it's like four. You've got to recruit kids four times now. It's kind of crazy. Yeah. yeah, we we hope to have we hope to have a niche in the transfer portal. One of the things that's different when you're recruiting a high school kid, um, you know, they're all bushy eyed and bright or bright whatever that phrase is, right? They're, bright eyed they're and bushy tail. Yeah. Bright bright eyed and bushy tail. Grass is green because you're just getting these little itty bitty touch points with them and they're looking at a lot of things the school this and that and the reality is as i felt as a student athlete as, as they are you have so 85 percent of your time um and about 85 percent of your time is in, with the school as well but really your day-to-day interactions and your friends and and your and your your learning and your, your experience has so much to do with the program and the coaching and the, and the team and the culture that those high school kids don't know that, right? They don't feel that yet. They just are bright-eyed and bushy-tailed about what it might be. And so what we'd like to hope, and this is not not trying to put a cart before the horse, but when you're in the transfer portal, they didn't, they didn't enjoy that at, their, at, their, at their, their current college. So what we hope to have with the staff we put together, we just uh, got a commitment from our volunteer who's going to be our volunteer who's going to, kind of shock the volleyball world and kind of blow things out of the water. I can't name her yet because she needs to pass, you know, clearance and background checks and all that. But uh, it's going to be a, it's going to be a statement maker. She's a, uh, you know, I, I don't know how much I can say, but she, people are going to be like, are you kidding me? That's our volunteer. And um, I agree with you so that it's hope. exciting. How about I, I'll, I'll say that. I agree with you that yeah. it's exciting and I will respect your wishes to not say the name yet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, actually, actually, it might not be the one you're thinking of because she ended up saying no, but we got someone that's maybe as good or better. That was the um, update that I had was that the one that we were thinking of said no, but that you've got one that may be better. Got it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. And the reason I think that's important is just, you know, so, so we're going to be able to, we're going to be able to say, hey, you know, you didn't have a great experience, but, you know, because from my experience with Portal, it's a lot more about the team culture and the coaching. That's what they're looking for, you know. Um, and so we hope that we've put together a staff and we can sell that. Um, and that might help us because we know that the challenge is it's hard for us to recruit against some of the power fives from high school. And the parents have a big influence on that. Um, it might be hard for us, even though Long Beach State has a great academic program. I think we're number one in CSU now academically. But we can't compete with Harvard or Northwestern or, you know, whatever, right? I mean, I, but once they get into school and they're rolling, it really does come down to the, the staff and the culture and the volleyball. And so we hope, we hope that we have a chance to, to, to strike big in some of the transfer portals. So. Yeah, um, the number of times I've heard Brian Jimalero uh, go on a rant about um, the Power Five recruiting visits where they put the um, high school recruits on the sideline of a football game, uh, you know, he'd be stomping his foot going, we play on Fridays. They're not even, we play on Saturdays. They're not even going to get to go to any of these football games. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. Our girls in Nebraska uh, usually get to go about one, one football game a year. Uh, which is unfortunate because the football game Memorial Stadium is pretty dang special. But, 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 but Brian was right. Um, I mean, I was there when Brian was going through that and uh, coaching there and playing there. And, you know, that separation of that 15 years is real. And it's something yeah. that we define. And that's, that's why I think our advantage of this volleyball, U volleyball university idea 
that's from Andy, which is such a great one. My collaboration with Alan, who's my biggest mentor. He's like a second father to me. Uh, I actually worked with Mike Campbell with USA. He was coaching a couple of our national teams. He's amazing. I just think our coordination there, when we get recruits, we don't take them to a football game, but we take them to a men's volleyball match in the sand, and we bring some of our alum around. I mean, it, it, we can just give them something where they're like, wow, it's not even close when you compare the other mid-majors to what you guys have, right. and we can compete with some of those power fives. And I, I can promise you guys this, on my first Zoom with all you guys, first little public thing here, I will not be complaining about that, okay? And that's not because there's no reason to complain. There is. But we are going to look at it as an opportunity to find a creative and a different way to show them an experience. And 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 once we, you know, if, if we start building building to a level where we can be a top 16 seed and host at the pyramid and get through regionals and go to the street 16 and maybe get in a final four again, this is down the road. These are our, these are our big dream goals. Um, then we can kind of provide the success of the of the program with some of that other stuff. But my staff, I've already told them, we're not allowed to have internal dialogue about the complaining. We need to find solutions. We need to find a way to, to paint a picture that they can dream big with us. And um, so we're, so just so you guys know, and the, everyone that listens knows, we're gonna make that a point that we're not even talking about that internally, but we do know- uh, So did, you, did you say, you, and you said Alan Knipe is one of your biggest mentors? <laughs> Alan Knipe is, uh, I mean, I owe Alan, other than my parents, I owe Alan more than, than anyone that I've, uh, yeah, any adult that I know. He's no, one I, of my I know, it, it, just, it just always cracks me up, Tyler, and it cracked me up when you were coaching with him, too, that you you are, it is like talking to Alan Knight Jr. to hear you say some yeah. of the stuff. Like, we're not even allowed to internally complain about it. That is such an Alan yeah. Knight quote. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I've been really fortunate to to coach with and learn from really the best coaches in America. Um, but yeah, I mean, I've been 20 years with Alan and um, yeah, he's a special person to me. And um, so, but yeah, so we, we, we need to find ways to, I mean, I know better than anyone the difference because Nebraska has the most resources, has I think the best program in the country, certainly the best fan base. Um, it doesn't really matter. They are the most elite in every area of a program or at least comparable. So, I know what the top end power five uh, resources are and benefits are. So, so I think that's an advantage for us because I can find the ways that we can, we can, we can bridge those gaps. We'll never be that, um, you know, at the end of the day, but we can bridge those gaps. And again, I got to do another shout out. I will continue to do this to Andy Fee and Jane Connolly because they are really exceptional. There's not a mid-major in the country that's even close to the support from Andy and Jane, it's just not close. And so that was a big reason why I felt very comfortable coming back. Um, and Mark Edrington, who's our, my associate AD, I've known for 20 years, he is just a joke. I mean, it's unbelievable that I get to, I was on the phone with him for an hour this morning. He's just a really, really, really special person. I've known him forever. And I'm just so thankful that, that he is in our corner and, um, and yeah, it, it was kind of a, uh, a slam dunk when you combine all this stuff of why I wanted to come back. And I just feel so fortunate and grateful. My wife, I was telling my wife, how about this? How about this? As we're thinking about it. And she's just like, I mean, no, nobody gets that opportunity as a first time head coach uh, between all of that. 
And um, so, yeah, it's on us if we don't perform. So we got we got the, we got big responsibility, and we're gonna try to execute. Well, uh, like you said, it just kind of feels like it's meant to be out here watering the green spots. It's good stuff, coach. Real good stuff. We appreciate you taking the time. Obviously, we're super excited to hear more about the staff that you're building and everything coming with that program. Uh, be safe out there on your travels and good luck running all those errands and getting the things you need to come back to Cali. All right. Sounds good. Thanks for having me, guys, having me on. And uh, anytime, I'm available for anything. Thanks, Coach. We, we, we appreciate what you guys do, getting the word out. So thank you. So before we wrap up this show, as we've been doing this year, now for something completely different. I was thinking about this the other day because I haven't been to the movie theater in a long time. But Andy, Mike, what's the last movie you sat down and watched all the way through? Because nowadays you can just, you know, pause it and come back in to it the or theater? whatever. In the no, theater? Just no, any, just any movie, any movie. Andy, what do you got? Oh, don't look up, right? I think that was what I oh. talked about last week. That is literally, but I can honestly tell you a great question because I don't remember another film before that one that I actually watched from start to finish. And in this <laughs> world of streaming, right? It's so easy to hit the pause button. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you guys are going to throw tomatoes at me, but my whole family is double vaccinated. My wife and I are boosted. Uh, we, we've, we've, been, we've been back in the movies. We saw Scream uh, on Sunday night. Uh, took the, took took the kids the, to scream, huh, Mike? Um, did not see <laughs> that with the kids. We did take the kids to sing too over the weekend. Uh, we also saw uh, Encanto not that long ago. And uh, my wife and I have been to see Spider-Man a couple of times. So um, very different experience in so many positive ways being back inside of a theater and just like throwing my phone metaphorically into a black hole and disconnecting for a couple hours. It is, to JJ's point, it had been a long time <laughs> since right? we've been doing that. So it's been great. Yeah, it, it, that has been a long time. And it, they're not as busy now, right? Like the movie theaters are just generally not as busy. We saw Encanto by ourselves. Wow. It, it was an accidental private theater uh, screening. We went at wow. like uh, noon on a Sunday and I saw when we opened up our little app on the AMC thing to book it that none of the other seats were taken. And uh, sure enough, yeah, we just, we went with my mom and the kids and that was it. It was awesome. Uh, I'm a, I'm a weirdo. I liked going back and watching movies I've already seen to see if I feel different about them because I too am a different person from the first time I saw it. Mm -hmm. Last one I watched all the way through was David Fincher's The Game. Michael Douglas, if you have not seen that movie, great film. Do it, great. Do it right now. <laughs> Producer Rogers stoked on the game. I love it. Great, <laughs> great, great pull by great pull by JJ. And also a very Taoist approach to uh, movie watching. I, I like that. The river is not the same, uh, nor are you the same. Can never it, step into the same one twice, you know. So true. So true. Uh, well, thank you to producer Roger for putting this together. Obviously, thank you to Coach Hildebrand for stopping by and Andy for having us on the show. Beach Nation. It's going to get better. Hang on. We're going to see you in the mid very, very soon. Take care, everybody.